Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Midnight to 5, you're Jay talking. I'm Brad Lee. Jay. And uh, with us now is a longtime colleague. Uh, stand-up guy, the very best. His name's Charles Lacquadera. Hi, Charles. Stand-up guy. So I was supposed to be on at 104. That would have been so cosmic. I mean, 104.1, that was the WBC. So now it's like it's like Maddie Siegel. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Sorry, I, I thought of that. I would have arranged things differently. So you're here for two events. One of them's happened already, and the other one's not. Yeah, the other one's going to be, uh, I don't know what day it is anymore, but I think, but it's Tuesday. Whenever Tuesday comes, it's uh, going to be Tuesday night at the Wilbur um, in Boston. And what's going so, on? Uh, well, I'm just going to go out there and uh, I'm just going to go out there on stage and, uh, you know, going to be, all these people are going to be gathered together, all the people that remember. Uh, the station we worked on back in the day. I don't think it's around anymore. WBCN, whatever. Right. No, it, actually, it's around in spirit. A lot of people, you know, a lot of folks listening right now know you and grew up with you. So it's there in spirit for sure. Yeah, and, well, you know, so I'll, I'll be I'll be out there talking to all the people that remember those days. And I, there was a film that we did uh, last night that was uh, shown uh, here in Boston about the early days of BCN from uh, 1968 to 1972. But, um, you know, that was only one audience, and uh, there were a lot of other uh, people that came along, a lot of other DJs later, and a lot of other uh, years when uh, BCN just went from being underground to, you know, progressive rock to uh, to uh, what's now, I guess, known as classic rock. But when we were playing it, the stuff was was new, and we were turning people on to music. And and um, I'm going to be out there uh, on stage, and I'm going to be looking out at the audience, and a lot of the people will uh, remember who the Cosmic Muffin was, and some of them will remember who uh, Dwayne Glasscock was, and some of them will remember, um, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, the album of the day, and others will remember Matt Siegel when he first started on WBCN. So there's, there was just a whole bunch of. You were there in uh, what years were you there, Brad? You were there from the, like the, in the nineties. My 90s? first show, no, my first show was nineteen eighty, December eighteenth, nineteen eighty one. Wow, I know, right? Yeah. So, uh, get, you know, I get mixed up because, you know, when I'm when I'm on stage, I'll be looking at all those people and, and they'll be from all the different eras. You see how I, I mixed up your era? Because yep. to me, they, they were, everybody we were all the same and everybody who was there, you know, somebody who was there in 1970 uh, should know, that, you know, Bradley J. And and uh, and I'm going to sort of bring it all together on that on uh, Tuesday night. at the well, so what can fans expect? It's kind of unscripted, and you're going to have other people on the stage with you? You have some cast of characters? Well, Bill Lee's going to... You know, remember the spaceman, the left-handed pitcher, the Bill Lee, the, the crazy... I don't know. Do you remember him? Of course, yes, absolutely. You in, yeah, well, he's going to be sort of uh, on there opening up for the audience and uh, talking to all the people and, uh, you know, reminding people that... that uh, 
of all the things he did when when he do you remember Don Zimmer was a, a, a manager for the Red Sox yep. and I think Billy invented the name the gerbil I think it was his nickname that and Zimmer hated Billy because uh, Bill didn't care whether he won or lost he tried <laughs> to win but if he if he didn't win he just said you know what I just love playing the game and Zimmer hated that but but he also has a winery he's got a gazillion stories and he's going to be up there um, you know, talking to people, and then um, then I'm going to come on. And I heard a rumor that uh, Dwayne Glasscock. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I heard a rumor that he might. Is he is he still around? Hiding somewhere in the rafters. I didn't even know he was still around. Yeah, I heard him the other day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hear How do that people... little ching ching sound, and I know something's going on. Yeah. How do people get tickets to this event? They just go to daysinthelife.com, D-A-Z-E, in the life.com, and, um, and uh, they can pick up tickets there. And also they can check out uh, a lot of stuff about WBCN. There are, there are tapes in there, uh, old tapes from uh, the days they remember, cassettes. We took a lot of stuff and we digitized it. So uh, there are a lot of interviews, like some of the interviews that, that I did with George Harrison and, and Dwayne Allman and, you know, all this, this is just a whole bunch of stuff. It's like my whole kind of life story, but I didn't want to write it because I, you know, I, I, I'm not that great a writer. But I, a lot of other people called in uh, and, and told their stories of what it was like to be on BCN and the big matches. And so, you know, that's part of it. But daysinthelife.com is where you go to get your tickets. And um, I'm hoping people show up. I'd love to see a lot of people there. And, uh, you know, we'll just all gather around and... Uh, and we'll remember all the years of WBCM because um, that station will never be back again. That kind of radio where we could play what we wanted to play, and and uh, the DJs could talk like you know you got you got a great thing going where you can just sort of talk. And I mean, most of the radio stations now they can't do that. You just you know the announcers just got to go on and introduce the record and then play the commercials and introduce the record and play the commercials yeah. and then go home. So it's days, D-A-Z-E, in the life.com to pick up tickets. I noticed that there's a wide range of ticket prices from $10.40 or, or something like that to uh, to 125 yeah. bucks. So what do you get for the $10 version and what do you get for the $125 version? <laughs> I think they... I I think uh, I think they let you stand up back. I don't know how that how the things arranged. It's all with uh, Bradley. We're doing it. Uh, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm I'm doing it out of love for uh, the David Bieber archives and all the different uh, you know ways they're putting together uh, music and uh, it's 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 for to raise money for Boston media and for the archives of Boston and and to sort of uh, make sure that all that stuff is kept. You know, Boston strong. But you got to keep it some kind of historic thing going, and and the David Beaver archives has has all that stuff. You know, you've you've heard you've seen David Beaver. Yeah, can you uh, tell the people uh, more about the David Beaver archives? Well, I think he well, I I think he can do it better than I. I, I guess I hope you're going to have him on sometime to talk about it because he's. I mean, if I told you, you you wouldn't believe it. I mean, he's got two warehouses like the size of like buildings that are filled with paraphernalia like what he would do he'd work with when he worked at the phoenix when he worked at bcn uh he he would go after everyone left he would sort of go around to all the trash cans and he'd pull out like say bruce springsteen was at the station and sort of 
you know, wrote something down. Well, he'd take that and he'd keep it. And, uh, you know, record albums and, you know, if you, if you, the, the stuff he has, he probably has Marilyn Chambers on the Ivory Snow package and, uh, the, you know, being the Ivory Snow girl, he's, I'm sure he's got those monkeys that clap the cymbals. I'm sure he's got uh, gumball machines. He's got just everything, anything. It's like archives. In fact, you know, the Verb Hotel, he outfitted that whole hotel. Yep. So if anyone has been at the Burb Hotel knows uh, what da- that's David Bieber's stuff. The the guy has got m- more paraphernalia, more of Boston history than probably anyone in the world, and he's probably got the biggest collection of stuff. That's and and his stuff. If, if I went in his house one time and just walk in, when you first walk in his house, just the first four feet, square feet of stuff that he's got hanging up there, buttons and badges and, and little puppets and all these things is probably worth worth thousands of dollars, but he won't sell any of it. You couldn't you couldn't buy anything he's got from him. He just likes collecting stuff and showing it and it's it's, it's just great and, and he's he's actually preserving Boston history for Boston, keeping Boston strong. The um other night was it last night there was a screening of this really important movie uh, about uh, BCN can you can you talk about that a little bit of the, the event last you know, that night was, uh, that was that movie is uh, highlighted and in fact only uh, highlighted the first a few years of WBCN WBCN had so many different stages and that stage that that whole documentary uh, Bill Lichtenstein put it together uh, it took years and years to do it, but there it is. It, it's out there, and uh, once he gets all the money for the music licensing, you'll be able to see it on Netflix and, and uh, you know, in theaters everywhere. But right now, he's just showing it at, you know, certain locations. And the movie only covers the years from 1968 to 1972 when Nixon resigned. And it's like the announcers, the DJs that were there at the very beginning. I wasn't there at the very beginning. Uh, of WBC and I came in late in 68 and the people that originally were there, the, the disc jockeys, the announcers were college kids that uh, a fellow named Ray Weepin came and uh, decided, you know what, all these classical music stations are failing. So, uh, you know, maybe we can do something on FM. We can actually have rock and roll on FM radio, which was unheard of. FM radio used to be only classical music and talk. And uh, and Ray Reepin and and other uh, people in the West Coast, uh, Tom Donahue, all these people uh, for for different reasons and different ways, they all managed to get stations that were going broke that needed money, classical music stations, and convert them to FM and 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 that meant stereo. So finally, kids who were listening to the Beatles and the Stones on AM radio and Hendrix, they could hear them in stereo on FM radio. So it was kind of a, a whole revolution. And, and BCN from 1968 to 1972 uh, sort of, uh, well, they, they were so, had such a huge uh, impetus on, on Boston, on the kids and, and uh, politically, it was, the station was very political. In fact, you know what, Bradley, when I, when I do something political on Facebook, uh, people will will uh, you know text me and go, hey, what are you doing, Charles? Why don't you play music? What is this political stuff? And it's because uh, that that was what I was doing on WBCN all through 
uh, my years on the station. Uh, in the first the first four years, we were very very political. We covered strikes, and we had Danny Schechter, the news dissector, and um, we were making national headlines, and, and and we were motivating Boston. You could you could you didn't even need a radio for WBCN. Uh, you you could go from one end of Cambridge, uh, from Boston, all the way to Harvard Square, and you wouldn't need a radio. People on portable radios coming out of apartment windows, dormitories, uh, the, all the stores had WBCN on. It was like an amazing, amazing station, and it continued on. And, and I was there, you know, in late 68, and uh, I just sort of got, got lucky to be there, and I stayed with it, and uh, and I watched all the changes. And that's what we'll be do- talking about on Tuesday. Um, I think I'll be on stage, and I'll be sort of uh, talking with people about all the different eras in BCN, the, the times we were – all these different characters, the Dwayne Glasscocks and the Cosmic Muffins. And uh, a lot of people won't know, who's the Cosmic Muffin? Well, he was uh, our astrologer and – and uh, Daryl Martini, and and he would rate the day uh, on a one to seven, and and uh, everybody would listen for it. Did BCN and, and find you, or did you find BCN, or did they find you? How did you come to be there? Well, I was um, I was a, 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 a announcer on uh, KPBC in in Pasadena, California, and um, you know I didn't know I was trying to be an actor, and I and uh, uh, radio was just kind of a part time job to get money. Uh, to support myself, and I was doing classical music, you know, Beethoven and and uh, you know Strauss and uh, stuff like that. And and uh, I, I, the station, like I said, the station went broke. The classical station went broke, and they switched to rock and roll. And they kept me, uh, you know, because I I work cheap, three bucks an hour, whatever it was. And so I didn't know that much about rock, and I didn't know that much about classical because I was busy trying to be a, an actor. And so what I do is I would mix. Uh, 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 classical music, I would play maybe Prokofiev or Stravinsky or whatever, and then um, you know, in, in those days it was records, it was vinyl records, and you could segue from one uh, record to another. You could make a smooth segue. So I would mix like uh, you know Beethoven with the Stones, and it uh, and people thought I was a genius, and I wasn't. I just didn't know that, you know that much about both both kinds of music, so I just mixed them together and. When I came to uh, Boston, because my family, I grew up in Milford, Massachusetts, and when I came to Boston for you know for a vacation, I heard this station WBC, and I called them up and I said, "Hey, you guys are really right on and all that," and and they invited me in because I guess Peter Wolf was was leaving to form the Jay Giles Band. He was a uh, night guy, and and they they hired me to 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 take his place, and and the rest is uh, whatever. If if BCN was a, a magic eight ball and you shook it, what for you memories would float to the top? You know, entire careers get kind of distilled down to a, a few memories that pop up when you think of it. What stands out for you? Highlights or, or things that pop into your mind, events for you? I think I think uh, some of the things we did in the early years when, when BCN was wicked political was um, – uh, you know Frank Zappa coming into the station and and Patty Smith and uh, uh, my first interview ever was with George Harrison uh, and and then when I went over to that was in Pasadena when I went to to WBCN it was like 
uh, I, I did the night shift and, and you know, the, the, the person uh, who answered the door, she came in and she said, Hey, you got a couple of guys downstairs want to come in uh, the station. I said, yeah, cause it was like midnight. It was 1230. And so these guys came up and it was Dwayne Allman and uh, Jerry, Jerry Garcia, Mickey Hart, you know, just a couple of musicians. And, and back in those days, these guys weren't superstars, you know, uh, we broke Led Zeppelin uh, first in the country. We 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 played Who albums before any other stations did. And but but when these artists would come up after doing their their gigs at the different uh, clubs, they were just like one of us. You know, we we would we would share we would share the joints. We would share the you know we would share stories and and we would just sort of you know like it, it'd be like almost if. Uh, you know, George W. Bush or Bill Clinton or somebody just walked in, you know, you, you you guys were together smoking weed at a party or something. It was that kind of laid back thing. And we never thought of them as being superstars. We just appreciated their music. And it was it worked both ways. They liked us and, and we liked them. So a are lot you, of that stuff. Are people going to be able to ask you questions at the event at the Wilbur coming up Tuesday? Yeah, there's going to be a, a Q and A. Uh, I think around, uh, you know, after after we've after we've sort of done a bunch of things. I I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do, Brad. I'm going to go out there and and uh, uh, hopefully Dwayne won't interfere in the show. Um, but I'm going to be uh, you know talking with people and and, and uh, just sort of relating some of the stories uh, of things that happen. You know, I, I do radio for 30 years, so I got. I get a whole bunch of stories. Yeah, you do. Stories of how Patty Smith came in the station and yelled at me about how um, uh, Hunter Thompson came in from San Francisco, and uh, you know he it was real tired because he'd been up all night, and he walked in the morning show, and um, he said, "I asked him, I said, hey, um, can uh, can you do an ID for us? You know, say I hi, I'm Hunter Thompson. I love W." He said, "No, man, I don't do that crap." He said, "Just let's do this interview and let me let's get out of here. Let's get it done." And he was really kind of kind of mean. So uh, I said, "Okay, if you go in the production room uh, for just a minute, let me finish." So he goes in the production room. He stayed there for two hours because <laughs> I knew what was going on in the production room. Right. When he came out, he sits down at the mic and he goes, "Hi." I'm Hunter Thompson. WBCN is my favorite station, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> and it's like, you know, stuff like that. Tom Couch, uh, my, my production director, uh, he was like 16 years old. And uh, what's the guy's name who did, uh, hey, everybody, you know, we're going to get along. Um, uh, the good, uh, God, I forget his name now. Um, I don't know. Everybody's going to get along. What, whoever the guy was. It was uh, he was sitting there and, and, you know, he was like a peace, love, kumbaya kind of uh, kind of guy. And, and uh, he acted that way. But but Tom Couch accidentally knocked over his guitar and he said, hey, God damn it. Watch what you're doing. And so, you know, if I wish I could think of the, the, the name of the. Can you help me with the, I can't, the name of the group? I wish I could. Well, maybe somebody will call in after before you before you go. By the way, we're talking with Charles Lequadera, a long-time Boston superstar. But he doesn't like to be awesome guy on the radio in the morning for a long time. He's got a gig coming up at the Wilbur Theater, which you can go to. You can either pay $10.40 or $125, depending on where you're at. I think I think the regular tickets are about 50 bucks. Okay. I, I, 
I, I'm not in charge of that, but it's it's for a good cause because you're raising money for the for the archives of Boston to to, to you know keep our music uh, out there and, and record our music and keep all of the the great the, the great media things that happen, all the events that have been recorded. David Bieber's got them all his archives, and it's really for a great cause. It, it's really fantastic, and it's going to be a great show because I got a million stories. You do like the Hunter Thompson one. Yeah, and uh, again, folks, it's days. What is it? D A Z E. Yeah, in the life. Days in the life. Days in the life. dot com. That's where you get the tickets, and it's coming up on now this coming Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. It's going to be December tenth, Tuesday night at the Wilbur Theater. Okay, because this is a you know Charles doesn't even get to the country very often. To have him in Boston on stage. It's probably not going to happen country. a lot. You know, Hawaii <laughs> is part of America, Brad. I just want to tell you that. Get to the country. Kind of. People, people, people say to me all the time, so when are you coming back to America? <laughs> no, no. <you> don't. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yay, Charles is still with us. I have a couple more questions, and you can call now as well. We have David and Chelsea. I, I found waiting. out who it was. I figured out who it was. Okay. Remember I was trying to think of the group? Yes. The name of the group? Yep. Okay, hold on. It's uh, the Young Bloods. Oh, all right. Together. Okay. So that Jesse, so whoever the guy was Je- was that Jesse Bloods, Colin Young? Yeah, yeah. So he was like Mister Kumbaya, and he said, "God damn it!" You know, he really swore the head. He said, "You knocked over my guitar." So after and and again, it was kind of rude of him. And so when he walked out of the station, I said, "Hey, everybody, you know this guy." Uh, Jesse Youngblood, who's supposed to be so, you know, love everybody. I said he's not really that 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 really nice a guy, <laughs> kind of. Because Tom Couch was 16 years old. I mean, you just don't do that to a kid. He, he was a production sort of, guy who accidentally knocked over Jesse Colin Young's guitar. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so David and Chelsea's got wants to say hello. Hey, David, it's Charles Lacquadera. This is a. And anyone else? Six one seven two five four ten thirty. This is a pretty rare opportunity. Hi, David. Hi, Bradley and Charles. How you doing? Hey, what are you doing I'm up so late, dude? I'm working. Where do you work? I'm Chelsea. So, David, what hey, do you? What, you, you, don't, you don't want to name the name of your company? Are you embarrassed to work there? What, what do you do? I, I can't name the name of my company, but I work in mental health. Okay, too. So what's up? A uh, couple of things. I remember you guys from the old days when you first started out. And uh, I remember a time when I sang a song on Mark Parento's show down at Nantasket Beach and Hull. And Ken Shelton liked my song. Uh, but I've been wondering, several <laughs> years after I met Mark Parento, he got in legal trouble in Florida. And I'm wondering where he is now and what he's up to. Well, first of all, Mark, uh, yeah, got in some legal trouble in Florida, and he kind of there's a there's a whole uh, uh, bunch of people that that actually uh, accuse him of of uh, being a pedophile. When in fact, it was uh, I would say 
Mark was more of a um, uh, a predator uh, in a sense that he was, um, you know, he he uh, he liked younger guys, but never, never so young to, to be called uh, pedophile. That was like really. And what happened was he was he was admittedly gay, and he. Uh, hooked up with a, uh, I guess, a, a, a teenager, a 15, uh, 14, 15, a 16-year-old guy who was a gigolo. He actually, that's how that, that kid made money. And when Mark uh, uh, got upset, Mark, he ups, he, Mark said something that upset him. So his family asked for $25,000 from Mark. Mark said, no, screw you. And so they pressed charges. So Mark went to prison and he that he was ruined for life. He passed away several years ago, but, um, but I think he was one of the best disc jockeys, uh, ever in radio. So he's king of the, king of the, king of the one liner for sure. Yeah. And he had a com he had a great comedy. He, he broke so many comedians, Sam Kinison, uh, anyway, on and on. So what do you have another question or was that it? No, he's gone. I have a question for you, and that is, you have a huge presence on Facebook, and it's very, very political, and I look at it all the time, as do millions of other folks. I'm curious as to how you deal with the, you know, the, the hate and the ignorance day in and day out on both sides. How do you do it? I, it, would, it would drain me dry. Yeah, it's it's hard, and you know you try to look for. Uh, I think it, here's the, here's the thing. I was on uh, the Howie Car Show the other day, and uh, and uh, I you know I knew Howie said to me before I went on the air. He said, you know, don't say anything bad about Trump, and and um, so it, actually Dwayne came on and said some stuff, but not me. But anyway, it was like what we what we were trying to do is Howie. And I go back a long ways. He, he and, uh, and my, his family and my family hung out, and we never talked politics because we were totally opposite uh, politically. So it's kind of tough because people uh, who are on the right really feel that they are right, and people on the left really feel. I mean, I to me, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, Trump is as horrible as a, as a president can be, but a lot of people who are as smart as me, not as smart as me, and smarter than me, uh, just think Trump is, uh, you know, he's he's doing all these wonderful things. And so the the way to, I think the way to do it, Bradley, I, I'm guessing the, the more and more I experience all this, this crazy hate um, is that you try to find things that you have in common, because you know this, the same, everybody knows this. If you take away the politics, I could I could hang with anybody. You take away the politics, and George W. Bush and I could sit there and drink beer and and uh, and play cards and whatever. And and uh, I don't. I'm not right now. It's so bad that I wouldn't I wouldn't even think to to do anything like that with Trump. Well, he doesn't drink anyway. But but you've got to try to you got to try to find the things that we we agree on. Sports. We all of us like the Patriots. Um, we love our grandchildren. You know, I don't care if the guy's left wing, right wing, whether he loves Trump, whether he hates Trump, he and she, they like their grandkids. They like they like sunsets on Maui. We watch sunsets and and we drink and we watch rainbows and it doesn't matter what you who you vote for. Um, so maybe someday we can all come together. So maybe I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat, but maybe they'll come a president that will bring everybody together because Trump ain't doing it. And I guess from what I saw, Obama didn't do it either. So 
they both, uh, well, Obama tried. I'm not sure if Trump is trying, but see what happens now all of a sudden I say something against Trump and we're back to politics again. Yeah, so you you uh, vary in how well you're able to deal with it. I see you post sometimes saying, that's it, I'm not doing any more politics. And then you, of course, come back to it. It's straining, isn't it? Well, what I'll do is I'll take a, I'll take a political day off. I won't I won't ever say I'm not doing any more politics. Oh, okay. I'll just say you're not doing politics for for four days, or we're going to give it a break over over Thanksgiving, or you know. But yeah, the the idea is to find things in common. My my brother, my brother, he went to pick me up. He was going to take me to dinner. I had just come back from Hawaii. And he said, hey, Charles, I'm going to pick you up for dinner. So he drives up, and I'm on the second floor looking down. And he drives up in his Cadillac because he says Cadillac's American car. I would, I want to have an American car. I don't want one of these Japanese. But but Cadillac is not really an American car. It's A lot of it is made in China, but I didn't want to tell him that. So he drives up, and, and, and he honks the horn. And I look down, and he's got the convertible top down. He's got a MAGA hat, you know, make America. And, and he's got a, 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 his, his shirt is an American flag, and he's got an NRA uh, bump, uh, thing on his sticker on his window. And he goes, come on down. And I said, no, screw you. I'm not getting in that car. And he goes, I'm buying. I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what you got to do is you got to. You know, you gotta. You can't talk politics. Uh, it's not time to talk politics right now. It's time for us all to get together. And you, you know what's going to bring us together, Bradley? No, I swear to God, uh, climate change. It's going to get so. It's going to get so horrible with uh, that that people are finally going to all get together and say, "Hey, it's like those science fiction movies where Martians come down and the, and the whole world now, Russia, the United States and China, they all band together yeah. and go, like against Godzilla. Or well, people are probably going to have to, all the governments are going to have to get together and, and uh, do something about climate change, probably within, the, you know, definitely within the next 10 years, maybe even sooner. I was going to so ask you what the, be, time, the timeline yeah. was on that. I don't know what the timeline is right now. Anyone who thinks it's uh, anyone who thinks it's going to get better next year is totally ignorant. Uh, all it will do is get worse, and and it'll just be something like uh, you know people, the survival of the fittest. That some people like I'm going to be living in California. I'm moving to California to be close to my grandchildren. I'm going to my house is up for sale in Hawaii, and. Um, when I sell my house, I'm going to move to California to be close to my grandkids. And I'm moving to a place that's, uh, you know, that's kind of near the ocean. So I'm okay, I guess, for, for a while. But my wife, uh, my ex-wife, who's still my best friend in the world, she wants to be away from people. She wants to get out in the, out in the woods and stuff. And so she's, she's going to be in danger because all of California that isn't close to the water is, is uh, in danger of just burning. So it's going to be an interesting time and uh, money's going to run out. You know, oh, we need we need money for a tornado in Missouri. We need money for a flood. And that's there's not not going to be enough money. I don't mean to end my end my my bit like that, by the way. Can we talk about something happy? Yeah. Like Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to Tuesday, though, um, I, I saw a post somewhere you wrote that we Boston was freezing. You said, I'm freezing in my town. Is it just too cold for you to ever move back here? 
Yeah, I would. I, you know, I, well, first of all, my brothers are here. I have season tickets to the Patriots. So I'll always come back here always. And my friends are here, but, but I would never live here. Uh, not anymore. I'm, I'm like uh, 60 years old, give or take two or three decades. Right. So I, um, it's, it's, it's time for me to kind of enjoy the rest of my life in, in good weather. And California, by the way, is not, is, is not, uh, I mean, it's a lot better than, than New England, but, Still, it's it's no party. I'm still, you know, it's not the same as Hawaii, but I want to be close to my grandkids. So I'm leaving Paradise, Bradley, and I'm going to be moving to California. Okay. And let's uh, finish up talking about the big event on uh, Tuesday. And uh, we've kind of described it already, but Charles is going to be on stage playing it kind of. Kind of loosey goosey, and uh, you can maybe. Yeah, well, I'm going to be telling. I'm going to be telling stories like the one I just told you about Hunter Thompson, and uh, uh, you know, different people that came in the station. Bill Lee's going to be opening for for me. He'll be talking to everybody, you know, and uh, and, and talking about some of his wheelings and dealings he did. He's also got a winery he'll talk about. And uh, I'm going to take questions from from the people out there, and and it's going to you know the the movie that was out last night was about the first four years of BCN, but I'll be covering 30 years of WBCN, and there'll be a lot of people there with a lot of questions, and uh, and I'll have a lot of stories uh, stories about uh, just you know like stories about me walking down the street one time and and on Calm Avenue, and and I saw this beautiful girl, and I. I said to myself, oh, my God, oh, God, please, if you exist, please, please figure out a way that I can meet this woman. I'm going to marry her. And as I was walking past her, trying, trying to make a deal with God, I saw this other woman, this other girl. This was way back. And, and I said, wait, wait a minute, God, I changed my mind. And it's like, and it's that kind of thing that, 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 that is what is the guy thing that's so crazy. This is what drives women nuts is guys. Guys, just a, a, we're not as evolved as women. We just, I just, you know, I made this deal, and then I decided, I was, you know, I was about to make this deal, and then I, I changed my mind. And I saw some other woman. So, and women can't understand that because they're much more evolved than we are. That's true. So get tickets. Daysinthelife dot com. Days in the life, right? Dot com. Yeah, well, you got to spell it with a Z. With a Z. D a z in the life dot com, and uh, see the real deal. Char- the one, the only Charles Lacordera, the Charles you grew up with. He will be there. He will be your pal right there. We'll have lots of stories. It'll be lots of fun. I want to see everybody on Tuesday night at the Wilbur Theater, daysinthelife.com. See you then. All right. And, Charles, before you go, I have to tell you, man, as I look back down, you know, my my journey, the the, the hours, the days that I spent with you, uh, interacting with you, you know, I, I'd be working overnight, and then you'd come in and watch you guys set up the big match, uh, the big mattress. And, and then later on when I got to – I got to play Michigas when I was doing midday. That was just the, the best thing ever. And, uh, and you know, I got to see your work ethic. I got to see how you were. And I absorbed a lot of that, and I thank you for it, man. You are, you're awesome. You're a stand-up guy. and I don't, I don't want to say too much nice stuff, but you get the idea. Thanks, Bradley. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I was lucky. You know, I was lucky. I think, do you, do you know about the butterfly effect? Have you heard that expression? Well, yeah. You know, a butterfly uh, dies in India and, uh, and a butterfly loses its wings and then something bad happens in Boston. Yeah, but it's not quite like that. It's like, it's like if you think about how you got the job at BCN, if, some, if your listeners out there, they think, uh, if you say, how did you meet your wife? Or 
how did you get that job? If you think about it, it was one thing you did. It was a left turn you you took a, uh, in a, at a car. It was a, a concert that you went to. It was a job that you right. decided to quit. Whatever it was, it, it, it decided your entire future. And when, when I, I was working as an actor and my buddy said, hey, do you want to? You want to come into the radio station I'm working at, and and I said no, I don't have time. I'm 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 studying this thing, and he goes, come on in. If and I said yes. If I had said no, we wouldn't be talking now, right? I know. Now. What's the and the lesson right there the is butterfly effect. Everything you do, it, you know, it's almost scary. Like, wait a minute, I don't want to leave the house because as soon as I as I you know answer the phone, I'm going to change. And and you know, if you think about it, it's pretty pretty bizarre. It is, and kind of the lesson there is. Always say yes. Never say no. Because when you say no, you shut out maybe the future. Charles Lacquadera, check him out on Tuesday. Wilbur Theater. Get the tickets. Days, D-A-Z-E, in the life. And, you know, you get to see him. The real deal. Thanks very much, Charles. Okay, Bradley. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I'll see you all on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. It's, it's W-B-Z. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.